didgeridoo means it's time for the Australian News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, 27th of July, 2015. Well, g'day folks and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 361 on this rather chilly night here in Melbourne. Grand, in fact, you know what? It's so chilly I'm sitting here in the studio wearing my Buffalo Airways hoodie. Wow, that is cold, mate. That is cold. I'll tell you what, they they must get cold up there in Canada because, um, you know, I'm almost sweating wearing this thing. It's very thick. Oh, sounds like it. So uh, was that Canada or Scander Canada? Yes, Canada. You know, I just say that just to... Upset Canadians. You know, you know the quickest way to upset a Canadian is to ask him what part of the US he's from. I actually learnt that several times to my detriment when I was living in the US. Yes, as sorry a, about uh, that, Canadians. As a Canadian pilot mate of mine likes to say, the only thing a Canadian's patriotic about is the fact they're not American. <laughs> there we go. How did we get sidetracked with that, Grant? Let's talk aviation. Hey, you know what, Grant? We could actually play the whole report this week instead of just the U bit they played last week. Yeah, well, I guess they just wanted to cut go straight to the important bit. But oh, did I say that? No, I thought it was more that. Um, that I thought it was more that Max wanted to uh, trim the Ausdesk down to size for a change. Oh, we might talk a little bit about that in a minute, Max, because I just want you to feel a bit more guilty about it, Grant. But let's talk about something that's really going to upset you, a Qantas article. Qantas privatisation, oh. the flying kangaroos deregulation success trumpets this headlight in the Australian Business Review. Wow, you're going to love this, Grant. Privatisation of Qantas under the Keating Labor government sparks fears the airline would no longer have cash to invest in new aircraft and would not represent the national interest. But as the 20-year anniversary of privatisation looms, Qantas is quick to point out that it's actually doing rather well. Yeah, it's interesting what happens when you uh, stop stripping all the money out of the uh, main line to try and prop up Jetstar. Oh, oh did I say that? I'm hey, sorry. You're handling it much better than I thought, buddy. I was going to let the nuclear alert go off at one point, but I just couldn't find the right sound effect, unfortunately. But uh, oh, that's okay. That's okay, mate. You, um, you you gave me enough time to read the article and um, you know have a few. Uh, Yes, a few, a few palpitations, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, that's So back it. in 1995, in fact, on July 31st, 1995, is when Qantas was privatised. Before that, uh, the government basically ran the whole operation there. And interestingly enough, it was uh, privatised by the anti-privatisation crusaders, the Labor government. So go figure. Yeah, oh, mate, they, they were the ones, honestly, a lot of people say that from Hawk onwards, Labor hasn't been Labor anyhow. It's been Hawk, been Keating, and on we go from there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a surprise. They were after the money. They needed to balance the books. They'll sell anything. And um, voila, they did. They sold Qantas. But also at the same time, there was more deregulation going on for a very long time. We had the two airline policy here in Australia, which was that you had to have two major airlines and no one else. And as a result, it was not uncommon to see the uh, aircraft of one airline leading or following the other airline on the identical route at the identical time. It was it was rather odd. And, and t- there's a lot of people who go, oh, but yes, remember the good old days when people used to dress up and they'd treat it with respect and get yobbos. And yeah, that was when it used to cost you $500 Australian one way between Sydney and Melbourne for a uh, you know domestic economy ticket. And these days you can go to Sydney and back from Melbourne for about, what, $240 return? Something like that, yeah. Well, it's interesting, Grant, some of the stats here. It says that uh, in 1995, Qantas had a fleet of 136 aircraft and flew to 86 destinations. Today, this article says they've operating 297 aircraft and they operate to 145 domestic and international destinations. And that's not including Jetstar, it says here, which flies to 49 destinations. 
destinations of its own. Well, not yeah, of its own, really, Grant. In fact, it flies to a lot of the same places that Qantas mainline flies to. They make a, a big thing about um, the same levels of staff, and instead of only flying 16 million passengers, they're now flying 50. And, well, let's let's face facts. Uh, yeah, they're flying bigger aircraft, so each aircraft's carrying more passengers. But, mate, I think it is kind of interesting, the question of, uh, of those 50 million that Qantas is flying, how many of them are actually flying on Qantas aircraft as opposed to Emirates? Yeah, that would be something I'd like to know is, is how many of those 50, although 50 million is, I mean, it's a, a big figure and it would be interesting to know absolutely um, what percentage of those are actually flying in Qantas aircraft. I'd still say a fair chunk of them, but uh, yeah, we would, it would certainly be interesting to know how many are flying on code shared uh, services, you know, with other carriers. Yep. How many are on Jet Connect going to and from New Zealand, uh, which has the Qantas red tail with the roo on it, but it's flown by a different company with pilots operating out of New Zealand. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. They have increased the number of destinations, but a large part of that is they're now also flying to more places domestically, let alone international. And again, of those uh, international destinations, how many actually see a red tail? Now, this article is giving a lot of props to Alan Joyce. In fact, it's uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, from the time Alan Joyce took over, that things actually changed for Qantas. Well, we all know they've had a pretty rough ride, but uh, they certainly are a leaner operation. And uh, a lot of that's really because, they well, they fired a lot of people. I mean, there's not, yes. <laughs> not nearly as many people working for that airline these days as there was back when it was privatised. And, uh, well, you can make your own judgments, I guess, as to whether that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, look, I mean, Qantas have turned a corner. There's no doubting it. Things are getting better. I think that uh, some attitudes from on top have changed. And uh, I, th- I think a lot of the uh, cunning plans that may have been going on have been ditched. You know, we all know, as I alluded to before, about you know propping up Jetstar to make it look better. There was back in the time when they were looking at uh, actually trying to leverage debt just before the global financial crisis that would have made a big packet of money for some of the senior execs and left Qantas with a huge debt load that had they done that just before the global financial crisis, it would have killed them. There's been a lot of very interesting and I would say just dumb decisions by management that they seem to have finally turned around and they're starting to run it like a bloody airline now. They're starting to actually do things with it. I mean, we've we've heard about the Red Q disaster that was supposed to be narrow-bodied aircraft with, uh, with super premium seats that were better than on an A380 based over in Asia. So it'd be majority owned by an Asian air, airline or entity, and yet it was going to return a profit making money to prop up international for Qantas. I, I mean, it just didn't even compute. And this was being traipsed around and made a big thing of before they had even locked down who there was their partner. It was just ridiculous, absolutely brain dead management. And this was going on. And these are now the same people who apparently are the big heroes and everything's going great. So a few things have changed in attitudes up the top, I think. It's great. I'm really, really happy that they're, they're turning the corner and that things are looking up. And I really hope it does continue. There's a lot of wonderful people in Qantas. They deserve much better than what they've had from their management over the last 10 to 20 years. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that uh, this is an indication that finally the people at the top have realized they have to run this like a real airline and do it properly. Well, there you go, Grant. You know what? It's kind of hard to believe it's been 20 years already since they were privatized, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, there's no going back now. But Grant, let's talk about briefly one other airline, their competitor, in fact, Virgin Australia. Um, you know, Qantas might be uh, lauding all the uh, the benefits of privatisation, but uh, Virgin in June, well, they took the uh, honours for the most punctual domestic carrier in this country. Woohoo! Who knew? Because uh, they've they've had a bit of a run of not really being top of the pops when it comes to punctuality. So uh, good on them, and uh, great to see that they've uh, managed to uh, correct whatever was causing the problem and uh, get themselves back into line. Or is it that the others have all dropped down? Well, no, because apparently Tiger Air was the biggest improver in June with its on-time departure performance improving 4.9% to 89.5. Woohoo! I wonder how their complaints department performance is coming along. Granted, it was only, what, how many years has it been now? Six years? Yeah. I'm well, still waiting. You know, I'm still waiting. Uh, not, not the accounting. Still, no, still waiting. Still waiting. Still waiting. Well, this is a report from the Bureau of Infrastructure, Transport and Regional Economics, or BITRI, or BITRA, or meh, whatever. Yeah, them. It shows this report shows that 92.1% of Virgin's flights arrived on time in June, while 93.2% of its services pushed back from the departure gate on time. While Qantas, uh, which led the punctuality ranking, rankings in May, dropped back to second in June with 90.7 on time and 91.4% on time departure rate. So uh, also lifting its performance in the month, but not enough to uh, take the honour. So I don't know really what that means really for anything at all. But uh, there you go. And that article <laughs> is of course in our favourite aviation publication, Australian. Aviation.com.au. Now, Grant, let's go. We just have to embarrass Max just once or twice more. No, or just once. Now, folks, it was a very short Australia desk last week. That's because there was a bit of a mistake. Well, I'm not sure if it's Max's fault or is it your fault, Grant? You you put your report in the uh, Dropbox where we normally put our report, and Max picked up that one and not the other one. So, folks, if you want to hear the entire Australia desk report from last week's episode, well, you can go over to our archive site, AustraliaDesk.net, and we'll put a link in the show notes just to embarrass Max even more think that's enough? Uh, I don't know. Do we want to be invited back to do another Australia Desk next week? No, I'm sure he'll invite us back. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant, the one who probably is the cause of all the problems, McCarran. Ah, McCarran. (laughs) You've done it again. Oh, you've been waiting to say that for ages. Southern Skies. Online Media.